Hello, my friends. Lana, Nigel, welcome. Good morning, Tim. <laughs> morning, Chico. Optimization um, in our company is pretty important right now. I want to jump straight into it. No pleasantries. Why would we bother with that sort of thing? Um, communication is obviously something that's not really that sexy to talk about because um, it's much more fun to talk about rapid growth and rapid sales and you know scalability and scaling and all those fun things. But it's something that's pretty important as your company starts to grow bigger or as you start to add a little complexity and by complexity we mean people. And we've been using a rule for quite a few years now, Lana and, um, and Nigel, which is communication is the responsibility of the communicator. And it's sort of a golden rule that we talk to our people about, which is how do we get messaging clear amongst our is it is the new buzzword human capital, Lana? Is that? Oh, don't. <laughs> yes, human capital. Yes. So, how do we how do we communicate clearly? Because I think this is, as I said at the start, this is not a very sexy topic, but it's extremely important as you start to grow your company because you find the first things that drop off is once you get new personalities, once you start you know, building bigger teams. There's a whole lot of interesting research on evolutionary psychology that talks about teams that are bigger than seven, people start losing their identity. So there's all these things that naturally um, happen as you start to grow. But from a optimization and efficiency point of view, Lana, can you talk a little about, I mean, your experiences as you started growing your company with you know, a bigger team, that this really came to the forefront because you don't realise how quickly it can all implode. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I've gone... I definitely, I'm SME team size. So uh, teams have ranged from myself up to 25-odd individuals. And what very what struck me through that was that there were, in terms of communication, three very distinct groups. One being those who take full responsibility for how they communicate. So good or bad, if something's not understood, they will rectify and drive forward to make sure that everyone in the team understands. Yep. The second one is those who communicate and then when it's not understood, it's the other person. And this is quite common in a business client relationship of getting angry at the client for not having understood as opposed to yep. going back to the first one, which is, okay, I clearly am the problem. The third one, which I think could be an open discussion or another topic is those who communicate and then don't take accountability for the action or the follow-up. So it could be two people need to have a meeting and someone says, yes, yeah, wait, call me. And they yep. leave the communication there even though their work, their output, their everything will be affected by having or not having the call. So they feel that their communication of it's on you to take the next step is their level of communication. And I think it's pretty obvious the sort of people that you want to have in the business with you. Yeah, there's that level of responsibility and that's that, you know, when people, first of all, we're talking about clear communication, which is you need to articulate a point of view to make sure the next step progresses. Yes. And a lot of people feel that they, by having a meeting, that if I have a meeting and I talk to people, my job is done from a communicator. I'm the manager, I've told my subordinates, this is what I need and that means that now they should do it which would be um, 
as poor a management style as you could possibly pick and probably the most common, Mm -hmm. which is I'm going to move the responsibility of my poor communication onto people and hope I get a result and then wonder why I'm constantly frustrated when people don't bring back or complete the tasks in which I need to progress. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about that is when you've got a crack team of people, they – they're not only great at communicating but they're great at taking some of the responsibility even though they don't have responsibility to grab that extra information they need to make sure they're clear on the task they're getting. But before we get to that point. Yeah, well the, the two buzzwords, accountability and responsibility, is if, if your job is impacted by the communication, you it's your responsibility to get more info. If I and with everything going on, things like Slack, um, things like Zoom, it's really easy to throw something out there and leave it. But what a lot of people don't realise is that the crack team of communicators, so those who take responsibility and accountability, they're watching this happen and just thinking, why why are you being this way? Why are you communicating this way? And so it's actually part of the crack team's um, job description is to educate other communicators about the importance of actually having that accountability around it. So being a good communicator also means that you need to educate and teach because then you can get your job done better. So it's a big catch-22 around communication styles on that. Yeah, well, so as, as SME owners and a lot of the listeners are here is, so what's my responsibility? Because as a lot of the time until your business gets to some critical mass, you're responsible for everything. So every communication you're involved with, every communication that happens not just internally but with suppliers and with you know media if you're doing that sort of stuff is your responsibility. And it's about – so how do you know if you're a good commu- communicator or whether you're getting your message across? And I think this is um, you know something that we went through in the past is and maybe something that we look at is – as, as someone who's, you know, trying to manage people and, and grow a company, you've got to look at the people who ta- turn simplicity into the complex because this is one thing about people is you give them a simple task and they turn it into 10 complex tasks because it's their way of trying to add value but what you start to work out in your company is who are the people who can do the simple well and then can keep going on. Other people like to make everything complex and they are dangerous people in a company because they'll always try and be smarter and slow everything down for personal gain. And for personal comfort. And this is a very, very dangerous thing is if you're in an accelerating company, if you're wanting to uh, drive, succeed and push and you've got people who their communication style is to question everything or to show a better way – it's, it's the, the old Facebook adage, move fast and break things. Yeah, the old adage. That the I, old I don't adage. think that's um, used as much or if at all anymore. <laughs> move fast and find flow, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we talk about innovation, we talk about all these different words, but all it really means is that you have the ability to communicate, to action it and to take responsibility for the outcome. And if you've got someone within the business that actually is pulling that back you really have to have the conversation with where the business is going and how that person can 
drive it forward with you with their particular nuances. Yeah, it's um, it's very important because a lot of people have different backgrounds and uh, particularly people who come from corporates that move into SMEs and things like that. You see it with owners of um, people who've gone out of from corporate work and they one of their biggest frustrations was the amount of red tape and then they get into an environment where there's no red tape and they start to create their own red tape because they want it's it's the environment they're used to and it's a subconscious thing so it, which is which is fine but it, it's something as a leader you have to recognize is why are people looking to build their natural environment because our job is to build an environment that gets to where we need to go as fast as possible we don't have the excess resources to be wasting time and energy on simplicity or the simple things that you have to do. So this is a very, very important thing. And this is also where you start to evaluate your people or it's not just your staff, by the way. This is communication with suppliers. This is communication with every single person or every single touch point. When you get some complexity in this, it'll be how people, uh, I guess, get the messages from your brand is that piece of branding that you're doing communicating what we needed and having the desired effect because it doesn't always happen like that. So there's all these communication touch points. For the sake of this and where it's done most poorly is you've got to ask yourself, are people clear in what I want? And, you know, Alana's laughing here because it's, I think this is a skill that I need to constantly work on. Um, as a lot of you know and listening to this podcast, you probably hear my brain running in five different directions at once, which may be very frustrating. But And you'll probably hear my brain compartmentalising everything and bringing it back to the topic because that's just how we operate. Absolutely. and But you do have to evaluate at a point of who's great at communicating in your organisation, whether it's you, and what mechanisms do you have in place to make communication efficient. Now... I think this is something that a lot of people get a little shocked at, which is they almost get offended when I put this rule in. This is my meeting and I'm here to use you for what I need for my meeting. Now, the reason that is, is I'm the boss and there are things that I need to get information or at least touch points I need to have to get a feeling of what's happening in the company at times. Others in that meeting feel that it's a democracy and it's not. I'm not interested in what you need. You run your own meeting. It doesn't mean we can't do the same thing and have agendas. It's not about that, but it's about understanding, taking full responsibility of what you need in a meeting. So if I run a meeting, the only objective I have is getting what I need out of that meeting. It's not to give everyone else what they need. And and this is interesting. Now, remember, this is a almost one of those boss's golden rules because you can't have everyone just running selfish meetings because you want to make time efficient. But people don't understand that that when you're in there with the CEO, you're at service to the CEO and what they need because they're making different decisions and they certainly don't have time to educate every person on the nuance of why they want to have that discussion because it's not about just gathering information. There's a whole lot of other stuff and that's very difficult for some people to understand that they're not that important in this meeting. (laughs) And it does bring into it the hierarchy is certain people are working on certain things. Not everyone has access to what certain things are. Communication is sharing what people need to know, not what they think they are entitled to know. And it's that very fine line as a leader. And again, it doesn't matter if you're an SME business owner, if you're a leader of a team, or if you're actually an employee as part of a bigger organisation. 
you need to also understand the place that you um, where you operate, what your place yep. is in the cycle. That I, I know personally, I would love to know all of the information all of the time, but not only is it not in my bandwidth, it's also not my right because if I'm focusing on your thing, Tim, yep. it means that I'm not focusing on what I'm meant to be focusing on for me. And so it actually pulls down my credibility to you if I'm focusing on everything because it means I'm not doing my job. Yeah, and it's very interesting. And when we look at it from an SME point of view, it's done so poorly and you see such inefficiencies created because it's it's almost like when you're a certain size, especially smaller companies, everyone comes to every meeting or you have people in there, oh, just come along. And it's when and you can see those companies that they just don't understand the value of time, nor do they understand the value of communication they're also the same businesses that say well we've got we've got sales challenges and all that and i go but everywhere i look you're just throwing money out the door you're throwing energy out the door you're throwing focus out the door because you're getting everyone involved and this one's a a tough one for us a little bit because we we had the whole we've run businesses that have essentially been well as close to a hippie commune as you could probably (laughs) get in a corporate environment where everyone had a say doesn't matter if you're the intern or the ceo versus high-performance companies where we just need this because we're executing projects and that's the way it works and it was the culture of the different companies. But for a lot of small businesses that are unaware of even what they're doing, they need to consider where where are we really inefficient with our communication? Where do we have to go over things two or three times? There's a lot of business owners out there that accept that a project's going to have to be explained four or five times. I think that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. And th- there are many tools around ensuring that if we talk about meetings, meetings run really well. If we're talking about individual communication, that that actually is conveyed. And the simplest way of doing it that I personally have come across is that you say, so, to end this, and yeah. you list the key points of what has been said and what is required and you give it to whoever might be in the room, keeping it small, And again, what you start to see is the people who have got it, who communicate and go, yeah. And then the people who go, ooh, what about? And they bring more in. So it goes back to those communication styles of those who make it easy to action and those who communication styles are adding value through complexity. Yeah. Because that's what they need. And I think on that point, one of the, I think, the very, very, um, good rules to put into your meeting is or into your training around communication is people don't get to discuss ideas outside the meeting. So we do this thing that basically if you've got an idea that requires more than one person, you bring it to a meeting and it's a meeting that's designed for that because we want to have everyone's brains across it so we can either accelerate that idea or kill it on the spot. And what most companies do is John speaks to Bob, Bob speaks to Molly, Molly speaks to one and they have an idea and they go that's a good idea let's go to a meeting and then you have the same conversation again so by the time you actually get to the meeting you've had four or five of these conversations in little bits and pieces and then you have a discussion and someone brings up something like this and go oh yeah we can't do that and it's the end but you've wasted all this time going there getting to that point so that's why we bring all the ideas to meetings unless they're time critical obviously which is important to then kill it on the spot but bringing things to a meeting so people can efficiently deal with it. And then the point I'm getting to is when you make a decision, 
everyone in that meeting has lost the right to re-talk about that point. It's execution time and this is where SMEs just get it wrong. They think the meeting and a decision is part of the conversation and then people come back with questions after the meeting. If a decision's been made in that meeting, it's now in execution. You've lost the right to then talk about it further if the decision's been made to execute something now. Yeah. And we, we get this a lot and we, you know, we have it in people that come to our companies and we're you know, training them into how we operate but also a lot of our clients' companies. They're so inefficient around execution because as soon as a decision's made everyone still thinks it's open for discussion yeah and it is frustrating it slows you down it wastes resources it is it's a behavior if you can kill off quickly that's really going to help accelerate your company yeah it's training people because a lot of people like yep 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 in the meeting and then they go actually i've thought about it further go you've lost that right Mm. you should have been pre-thought about that or if it's not time for a decision that's okay then the, the decision shouldn't have been made in the meeting and there's a, another catch-up on it. And I realise this sounds like we're having meeting after meeting after meeting. It's not <laughs> like that. It's about understanding the purpose of meeting and the clear-cut communication of what needs to come out. Yeah, well, this is also coming from people whose jobs over the last 10 years has been working with hundreds and hundreds of companies and businesses and organisations where this is what we see that's common. So it's not that we have lots of meetings. It's that we're able to see everyone else having lots and lots of meetings and something that I've always found with communication is there is a priority around people and how they operate and so as you've just mentioned if someone comes to you after the meeting and says I've had a thought straight away you're cutting them out of your decision-making process because they're not operating to the level that you need them and so still very valid within a company and a business and doing what they're doing but you do with your team of communicators you start to see who you work well with and who you can rely on and they're the people that you start to I guess the projects are a bigger um, discussion point for them because you know that you can rely on that action on the output because communication is to get an outcome it's not to make everyone often feel warm and fuzzy it's not to banter ideas it is to get an outcome and if you can realize what that outcome is you then pick the team who are going to help you to get to that outcome. Yeah, and that is the absolute key, which is the meeting is about progressing the information you need in a condensed place so you can progress faster. Mm. That's it. It's not about so everyone gets to see each other. That's fine. You, you still have to do that. It's an important part of a culture of a company. It's an important part of people feeling like they're contributing to a project. But for SMEs particularly, that is a misconstrued um, use of what meetings are. People use it for the catch-up and that's okay. You're allowed to have meetings that might just be a, you know, coffee and cake type thing in the meeting in the, you know, once a week because everyone needs to culturally get together, see each other, eyeball each other, talk about some things and updates. That's fine. There are things but that's designed for that. Mm. It's what we're talking about is execution. We're talking about projects that feel like they never get some momentum and then you look back and go, because no one's actually got responsibility for anything or the deliverables are unclear or every time we make a decision two or three people then have 10 minutes later five questions about the thing we just decided on it's does it's inefficient it kills the productivity 
So just on that part of it as well, I know particularly in the SME space, that communication when it comes to meetings and progressing forward has to start before the meeting. So if you need a decision made, there's different people work differently. Like Tim's the counterpuncher. You can throw anything at him and he'll have an answer straight away. Lana and I are more along the line of tell me the information, let me process it, let me think about it, and here's the things we need to do to move forward. So if you're going to introduce new information in that meeting just to show how smart you are or how much you've done, then you're not going to get much from me in that meeting in progressing it forward. I will be that person coming back and asking questions because I haven't had time to process it. Yet if I have the pre-notes or this is what we're going to be discussing in an agenda, I can put some thought into it and actually contribute to that outcome. I think you've brought up two important points there, Nigel, which is personality types. And this is, and I, and I won't, I'll use Nigel as a um, catalyst for this conversation, but not directly how he operates. There's two things that happen there, which is, right, do we need to be prepared or do people need to have information so they can contribute? So that's the first thing is knowing your communication style. If it's your meeting, you have responsibility to get what you need out of it. So you want to make sure that everyone in that meeting is armed. So if there's, it's like, you know, the old days of university, there's pre-reading to do if it's needed or there's a case that needs to be put together. Amazon do a brilliant thing, um, you know, speaking to guys that I know around Amazon and just in general, you know, hear about the blogs and from employees. The way that they run their innovation sessions is really unique and the way that they get there is so everyone can be very well informed before they make decisions on growing companies or parts of the business. They do, you know, they're becoming famous for their process in that. Whereas in smaller businesses, it's okay, if Nigel needs information prior to that and he hasn't got that, he needs to have the management muscle that I can't make a decision here without this information. And that's on him. If he is a yes man, which is he makes a decision in that meeting and then comes back with I've had a think about it, well, that just reflects poorly on him because it shows he doesn't know how to manage himself and he doesn't know how to manage a communication and he doesn't know how to play his part in the team because he's a yes man. So he then gets a red flag on his head, which is here's a guy that doesn't know how to manage himself and he's going to be disruptive to the communication. That's the brutality of this. But if he learns from that, he'll sit there and go, what information do I need prior to this meeting? And he'll understand that or he'll say in the meeting, I can't give you that decision because I need this, this and this, which is absolutely fine. And then the person who needs that information, say it's me running a meeting, well, I haven't provided enough to get what I needed out of. So the responsibility should be on me because I've got Nigel in that meeting because I need his brain the way he thinks about a part of the business or a skill that he has. But if I haven't given him enough time to think about it or know what it's about, he will go, well, we'll have to just catch up again. So that might be the right thing to do anyway but you have to understand from the communication point of view how do I get what I need from everyone in the best possible way and that's the key to that responsibility is it's my communication this is what I need that's why I say it's my meeting and now what would I need to give each of my players in that meeting to make sure I get the very best information from them because that's where you it's my fault again if I'm not giving yeah. my people the right information prior to what I need well and I'm getting poor information of course everyone's going to turn into a yes man because they want to make me happy but it's it eventually hurts you in the long run and this is that whole thing about understanding your communication style and understanding how it needs to operate in your company to get the best results because everyone's got a different um, 
process and they need you need to understand that process that's how you get efficiency is working with your tools in the best way i mean lana we've had employees in the past that they get high anxiety by putting being put in a spot if you ask them a question and they have to think about the spot they just don't respond well to questions on the spot if they have to think now there's some extreme versions of that and there's some just normal version you have to then work out as the owner of the company is is that an acceptable um, response to being asked a question in a meeting or is that just something we need to address pretty quickly? And I think that this also comes back to who are you working for? So <laughs> Nigel knows very, very well that Tim makes a decision and that decision is made. What Some people are not okay with that but that means don't work for Tim. This is a boss who will make a decision in a meeting that is it. It can obviously be changed but a decision is going to be made. No, it can be changed when it doesn't work. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. It cannot be changed unless you've spoken up there or articulated. And so this is, and Nigel, sorry to use you as the example again <laughs> but you brought it up. We'll just talk about it as a fictional character <laughs> called Nigel because I think a few of the things are taking some liberties around. Oh, no, no, but this is actually <laughs> how <laughs> this is how Nigel used to and now operates and yep. it would be Tim makes a decision in a meeting, Nigel fundamentally knows that it's wrong from what his knowledge is. There would be a level of concern or issue there previously. Now Nigel will take the information and in a really strong positive way go out and get the information that he needs to come back to Tim and say here is the idea or here is the decision, here is my input into it and here are the other things that we will consider as we progress down the path. So Nigel knows now how to work with Tim because Tim is a decision maker and a decision doer. And as Nigel just said, he needs more information because he can't do that counterpunch decision making. Yep. And so it's been learnt to work together quite closely based on communication styles. Sounds inefficient. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say for, <laughs> there's also the point of view that, that it, I believe now I used to have an issue with saying I don't know in a meeting or I don't have an answer with that. I think that as somebody who is the implementer within a business, that is one of the most important sentences that you can have armed in that meeting. I do not have that answer for you right now. Let me do A, B, C and D and get back to you by this time so that we can have this discussion. Because you're taking responsibility and you're accountable for the information that yeah. you need. Now, let me give you the um, probably one of the better <laughs> the better uh, managers I ever had in my very short career, not working, which was a matter of weeks, but he was a standout. And he was an exceptionally young guy that had progressed through a company really quickly and you could tell why. And every meeting that we had together because I was his sidekick at the time and he was a mentor and we're going to a normal meeting and everyone goes into the meeting normally and we had been preparing for 30 minutes and I said like seriously we're going in there what what do you know he goes there won't be one question that's asked in this meeting that I don't have the answer for and it was extreme but he never went into a meeting without being so fully prepared that it actually made him stand out. He'd progressed his career probably 20 years in front of his closest 
um, you know, not rivals, but people at the same level. He was probably 20 years in front of them. And it was just a different way of operating. And I think this is the whole thing. You start to see the superstars in in organisations because they want to operate at a different level. So there's an acceptable thing which is, you're right, you come to a meeting, you talk about it, you go, I need to gra- gather information and that start of the process, which is pretty normal and, and a way of, a, a very effective way of operating generally. But then you also come into contact with people who think about what's going to happen in the meeting and they run four steps forward and they're already armed with all that information. And they're very dangerous people in an organisation because they're the ones that are basically saying, I want to progress faster than you. And that's an important thing because it's okay not to have answers in meetings. That's that's absolutely acceptable and that's what it should be about. It's not here everyone just sharing their <laughs> knowledge on, the, on a subject and everyone knowing all the answers and we're just there for no reason. It's about debate and talking through ideas but not not having any of the information you need to articulate any part of the business you're responsible for. You don't get to not know a number that where you're at in real time at any meeting. Most people think, but the numbers don't come out till the end of the month. So what? You need to know it. This week, next week, my numbers come out at the end of the month because that's when I look at it. If you're running a department, if you're running a project, there should be – if I know one thing more than you about something in your project, you're red flagged in my mind because you aren't playing at a level that is the top notch. doesn't mean you're not great, by the way. does not mean you're not great or can't be great or be competent. But this is the level of operation that some people actually implement into their careers and businesses. They go there and they make sure that they are the expert in their field. And it's a very important thing because if you want to progress in a company and you're sitting there going, you know what, I work for this tool, (laughs) that's fine. But that doesn't mean you can't be a superstar in your place. And a superstar behaves like a superstar. I mean, we were just enjoying um, watching the Michael Jordan uh, documentary. Alana and I have been watching it the last few nights and it's just an incredible ESPN do amazing um, documentaries and it's on Netflix for those who who haven't seen it. But just understanding the things that he he would do to prepare, not just when he was playing in the NBA but prior to that, you just see the difference in absolute superstar. And I think that's an important thing that if you're in an organisation where you're not sure where to progress or you feel like you're not grabbing the information, that doesn't mean you can't be an expert in your department. And you need to take that to the extreme. And to give you a real-world example for what Philodemo is doing and Tim particularly, so forgetting client work and daily work, yep. there is a Monday and Friday team meeting. There are Zoom live streams Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then there's a private equity fund being pitched and there's a SaaS um, offering being pitched. Tim, oh, and there's five podcasts a week yeah. being done. When, if Tim doesn't prepare for each of these, it's a different tone. When Tim does and when Tim Jordans it, as is the common call, <laughs> and it's prepared and it's planned, there's a completely different feel. And it's not saying that he's not busy because obviously he's busy with running businesses and clients and this is a layer on top of it. But 
if anyone has that excuse of I'm too busy to prepare, I'm sorry, but if Tim can do it, so can you because I see the work that Tim puts in and, yeah, it's late nights and it's early mornings but that's what it takes. Communication is not, I'm sorry, it's not natural because you communicate in your form, you don't communicate in others and a good communicator knows how to communicate to the people around them so that they understand and that person gets the outcome that they need. Absolutely. And as soon as you've got your style that works for you, it it, it makes you time. It makes you efficient. It makes you progress faster. And it's It also makes the people around you kind of feel a little bit shit that they're not that good and it raises them up a level because they get they see the outcomes that you can get and they also get inspired by whoever in the meeting is leading the meeting is a leader. It doesn't matter if you're owner, employee, department head, if you have that meeting, you are the leader and it's your opportunity to say, this is the leader that I am. Come follow me to get the outcome that I need to get. Yep. Absolutely. And listen. Look, I was nice to you. No, I appreciate (laughs) it. And I, I think it's important to know that you're still building up this skill. So if you're an SME, you're still building skills if you've got ambition to grow a big company. So Exactly what Lana says, this is a skill that's being built. But as soon as you've got an awareness, you you need to make sure that you're doing everything you can in this area because this is one of the biggest time sinks when not done right. And it's also, we're not saying change who you are because I know me as a communicator, I am light and breezy. It doesn't matter if it's the investors, it doesn't matter if it's digital, I am light and breezy and I realised that I couldn't change that because when I try to communicate as say a suit, for yep. example, it, it it falls flat and you lose that, I guess, essence of why people believe in you and trust you and want yep. to follow you. The authenticity yeah. is not there anymore. And so if you are that person that we were talking about sort of at the start of this, which is you need more information and you add value by um, complex, that's fine as long as you're able to communicate that to people who operate at a different level. Yeah. And that really is the skill set of no one is born being able to communicate in other languages or other styles, but they are able to learn that. Yeah, and I mean that's the whole idea of I guess being exposed to people that operate at a, a more efficient or in a more efficient way than you is because you actually pick up hints. As I was talking about an old mentor of mine, I mean some of the things he did, I mean they're just great frameworks that I know I still do now. I look at the way I still go into meetings, take notes or what I'm listening for or, or how prepared. Just it's great. So if you don't have that or haven't been exposed to that, have a look around at where are my frustrations in communication at the moment? Where If you went to someone and you only had one opportunity to talk to them to get something, a simple task done, would it occur? I had a friend who owned a, um, a trade business and he would, when he auditioned apprentices, he would have one rule. And the rule was he'd get them in for their first half days when you, you do your audition and the apprentices know that and then you offer them an apprenticeship. And he would go in there and at the end of the day he would say, um, could you put that hammer in, um, in the toolbox? And if they would ask which toolbox or if they would ask where is the toolbox or if they would ask that, that would be the end of their career there because he, was, he knew deep down that was a person that would spend more time trying to, for simple tasks, trying to find ways and make it more complex, that it would slow down his company. And it was a big company. But he just knew that if that's your first instinct at this part in your life is to have to ask 
questions around simple tasks, you're not someone who belongs in his company because he just didn't operate like that. And I just think there's a lot of people who you need to look at when you ask a simple task, whether they try and make it more complex because you've got to remember the intention's good. People are trying to make things complex because they want to protect you from 10 steps ahead or they've seen things run more efficiently. But that's not the point of the task right now. The point of the task is to put the hammer in the toolbox. Guys, thank you. Um, very, very important uh, discussion and, and an interesting one. Nice to hear your thoughts on it, but uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. See you, team. See ya. See you, man.